Get ready to get your questions answered by financial advisors. Learn how to put more money back in your pockets regardless of where you're starting your financial journey with your host, Hannah Mitria. Before we jump back in, can you share with us again, Matt, about you, your company, and then we're going to jump into other things. Yeah, sure. So again, uh, it's Matt Francesco. I've been in uh, financial services for the last 16 years. And my focus has been in with the small to mid-sized family business, kind of helping them to navigate all the intricacies of that business. And my particular focus now is in the automotive repair, automotive collision space. But I work with a number of different family businesses that are out there. So that's why I think this stuff is so important because many times, many family businesses have never really thought beyond what's happening on the day-to-day basis. And these are really critical things because, you know, life throws wrenches to you and you need to be prepared for that to both not only protect yourself, but to protect your family and your business. So that's where I think a lot of these, um, these considerations come in. Awesome. Well, and I know like we have a couple more things that we want to cover. Just I feel like it was the right time for us to make sure that we let them know how to find you. Okay. So we have funding and income needs still, and we kind of started touching on income needs, yeah. Right there. But how much do you want to go into funding side of it? And then also incentive planning and asset protection. Okay. So and a lot of this stuff's going to overlap because I'll go to asset protection again, when we're looking at the different types of like key man plans, buy sell agreements, these type of things, these are all ways to help protect the asset. And we talked about this in an earlier episode is, you know, looking at disability. Okay. So personal disability insurance, which will help cover income needs and also business continuity disability insurance, which again, will help cover the business in case the owner is disabled and maybe he's a rainmaker in the business. Maybe he's the rainmaker. I mean, I got a client who owns an advertising agency and the wife is actually an optician And uh, so they got these two businesses, but the problem is he's the rainmaker for both businesses. So we bought disability insurance, basically both on him to cover his income, but also to cover business expenses, because if he's not able to make rain, we got to keep the business running. Okay. Until we can get a contingency plan in place. So that's where the asset protection and I think both income needs can fit in. We talked about funding. Funding is an interesting one because that's, I think this, this ties in more with we've, we're going to have a family transition in the business. So it's going to be the children are going to take over the business. The problem is, is the kids probably don't have the money to do this. So how then do you provide proper funding, right? Because uh-huh. typically if the if the owners are looking to transition the business, it's part of their retirement plan. You know, a business owner's largest asset is their business. So now we got to figure out how do we provide that funding? So, the, and, there, and it's actually cool. There's a lot of kind of cool different strategies and some of it's going to depend on timing on how this is done. But I mean, there's gifting strategies that a business owner can use where they would start basically gifting parts of the business while they're still taking income off the business. Okay. So you're doing evaluation and then figuring out what that initial, you know, what that's going to be. There could be also um, other financial vehicles that are in place. 
Okay. Where maybe you're utilizing some different types of uh, non-qualified deferred compensation that will then be passed on to the owners, whether through cash value or through loans that can be used for that. But it's in all developing these strategies to help the kids to be able to, you know, basically buy out. The other thing that we do a lot of is, and I'm stealing this from an attorney, actually, and I thought it was just a great idea. And he talks about, he calls it the family umbrella. And he actually used the example of, I, I don't know if anybody remembers the Roby family, but they owned the Miami Dolphins years ago. The, the, their stadium used to be called um, uh, Joe Roby Stadium. And um, the problem was, was they never diversified all. Everything was under the Roby family. So what happened was when Joe Roby died, they got crushed with uh, federal estate tax. And eventually that's why they sold the, um, sold the Miami dolphins to what was first Wayne Hyzenga and now to Stephen Ross, because they, they had, they had to pay the, the federal estate tax bill. Uh-huh. There's a guy, Art Modell, who yeah, he used to own the Cleveland Browns and then moved them to Baltimore, which became the Ravens. Uh-huh. The Modell family took a different model. So every piece of that football team was a different business entity. So the, the team was one entity. The apparel was another entity. The stadium was a separate entity. The concessions were a separate entity. The parking was a separate entity. I mean, so, and so what happened was they had these multiple cash flow streams, but it was all they were all separate entities under one umbrella. And uh-huh. so what happened was when Art Modell died, it was, you know, the family that had very, very minimal tax implications when that happened, because some of the kids own this, some of the kids own that. So what we do is a lot of times we'll look at the business and say, okay, well, first off, do you own the real estate? Well, we'll create a separate LLC for the real estate. And maybe that's part of the funding process is that the, the parents will continue to own the real estate under the LLC and the kids will pay uh, rent payments to the parents. Okay. Okay. Could be one. That's one way to do it. You know, one of my clients, they have a collision shop and they have a mechanical center too, where we've separated those two businesses out too. So now they're separate. So one son will own the mechanical side. The others, uh, the other son will own the collision side. Parents still own the real estate we've got, but it's still all under the family umbrella. This is the idea of creating these family legacies. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's another strategy that we use a lot of times. So again, it's looking at gifting strategies. Um, It's basically when you're looking at funding, how are, how is somebody going to buy the business? Okay. It could be just in the overall structure on how it's done. Mm -hmm. So the, the problem is let's say a a business is worth $2 million. Okay. And somebody can stroke a check for $2 million. Well, the problem is, is again, they stroke the check, but they're going to pay 20% capital gains on that. Yeah. Okay. So now guess what? They've lost $400,000 out of that. So instead of having 2 million, they only have Mm 1.6. Okay. And maybe they've based their income needs off of getting that to the 2 million. Okay. Now we've got a shortage. So maybe we structure the deal differently where maybe there's a little bit of upfront money and then payments over a five, 10 year period. So we minimize the tax liability that's on it. Okay. Uh-huh. I mean, there's just, there's so many different ways you can skin the cat. It's, um, you know, it's, it's really just kind of coming down and sitting down and what's going to be the ideal situation for the client. Yeah. And I think it's really good to hear because I think a lot of, you know, maybe newer businesses are in the process. When you think of your family succession, they just kind of taking over the business. Like I definitely think of it as like taking over the business one day, my kid will just be given it 
but realistically you still need to live. So just hearing, Oh wait, no, they have to buy your business in a way from yes. you because there has to be a way for you to keep going and living and not working on the business. And, you know, like we talked about earlier on previous episodes, losing that control. Yeah. And I think, you know, by buying you out of a business, you're able to say, it's not my business anymore. Right. Whereas if you're giving the business or just passing it on, it kind of creates that, that control factor. You still hold on to a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It could, it could also be, you know, maybe, maybe you structure the deal where the parents do maintain a slight ownership mm-hmm. percentage on it. Okay. And again, I think the separate companies that works really well, but yeah, I mean, there's so many different ways to do it. It really just depends on what the goals are of the family. And then, you know, from a financial standpoint, what's going to make the most sense. Yeah. Awesome. And so I know we talked about a ton of stuff over the years. <laughs> now we've talked about a ton of different things and, you know, there's even pieces that we haven't even really dived all the way into just because like oh, there's yeah. so many aspects of taking this assessment, which is your financial, your business, your life assessment of your finances and going through all these different pieces. Is there anything that you want to add on before we kind of round this out since we're on a pie chart? <laughs> Yeah. The last slice of pie. So I think the biggest thing is again, that start to define what's really important to you. And I think that's where these assessments come in critically. Cause I think if you try to do it yourself, you can get a bit lost in the weeds, but you know, having an assessment like this starts to bring to mind, like it starts to maybe make you aware of the things that are really important to you that you never even realized before. And, you know, I have um, one of my partners and she's a, um, she's a consolidation coach. So she specializes in helping shop owners who want to sell to a big consolidator, uh, one of the uh, large MSOs to be able to structures the deals, the business valuation, all that stuff, and then helps negotiate the deals. And it was funny because I've been talking to her about this, you know, the, the, the strategies that I'm using. And I say, you know, I can see this being a benefit because you may come across a client who they think that's their only option. Uh-huh. Right. But we let them do the assessment. And then we find out later that, no, I really do want to keep the business and I'd like to transition it on my family. And we start opening up the conversations. And the family's like, well, yeah, we just naturally assumed that we were going to take this over. I've been working in the business all my life. So I think what an assessment like this does, it helps to open our eyes to what's important to us and also what's important to our family. Mm-hmm. And most people, I think if you ask most people, I'll ask you this question. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see what your answer is. I mean, how important it would, would it be for you if you knew that you could create a multi-generational legacy for your family? Uh, I think it'd be super important. I grew up in not a rich household whatsoever. <laughs> I grew up in a very poor little town in Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. Like you. And I constantly yeah. think about, you know, where I was having a conversation with a friend from back home who just moved to Illinois. He just left last month, finally. Yeah. Um, and we were just talking how crazy it is to have gone out of that town because, you know, Newcastle's where I grew up. They used to tell us it was, um, the most dangerous city in Pennsylvania, actually. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, my house cost $30,000. Oh, wow. And that was my down payment on a house in Texas. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I didn't have that financial security growing up yeah. just because, you know, we grew up in a really small town. Nobody had financial security. 
healthy yeah, exactly. growing up. And so coming now to where we are financially secure, but to be able to create that for, you know, the rest of my family, even my father lives with me. I hope that I can create financial security for him right. as well in some way. And so I think it'd be super crucial to be able to lead that on so that nobody in my family ever has to struggle again. Right. And and see, so just you by saying that, I would say that the majority of people feel that way, but they never express that because they don't think it's possible. Yeah. And what I'm telling you is that if you're willing to go through the process, you can do that. And I think that I, that it's like I said, that's what keeps me awake at night. That's what really turns me on is, is if we can create legacies for families that can last for generations and generations, just like the Rockefellers, just like the Mellons, just like the Carnegie's. I mean, I I just think that's really cool. And maybe not at that size, but there's a lot of, a lot of really cool things that you can do. Yeah. And I think uh, like a lot of, especially business owners, if you're on social media, you see all these things where it's like, Hey, come make seven figures. But like, that's not always the goal for everybody. And you don't have to make seven figures to create that financial security and create, because it's really creating a path. That doesn't mean that, you know, my grandchildren never have to work in day in life. It's my grandchildren have a path to never have to struggle. There's a difference between giving money away and creating that path for them. Exactly. Well, and it's also causes that you're passionate about. I mean, I'm on the, uh, I'm the president of the board of our independent Catholic foundation and we help people to create endowments for their parishes, for their schools, for uh, any organization that they're passionate about. And sometimes maybe it's, maybe it's that, that giving and creating that ongoing legacy through an endowment that can benefit that, that organization that you're passionate about for years and years to come. And you know what, what's really cool is we can do both. We can help them to create that and to create legacies for their families. Yeah. Well, awesome, Matt. I'm so excited to have you on and your um, episodes are our first of the series for the virtual U S financial podcast. So I'm excited to have that all go out and have everybody here and listen to you. And if you're still listening, make sure you go to highlifinancial.com and click on let's chat or let's talk, (laughs) click on let's talk, (laughs) Uh, schedule a call with Matt, whether it's to do an assessment like this, to figure out your financial plan, or even to have him, you know, push you in the right direction of who you should be talking to. Um, Make sure you have that conversation and, you know, take this assessment and have a conversation with Matt, figure out where you need to go because, you know, I, my paper is filled (laughs) with writing. And I don't plan on exiting a business anytime soon. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But there's still a lot of considerations. So a lot of considerations of things that we need to do and things like that. So awesome. Thank you so much, Matt. Oh, no problem. And for any advisor out there, I strongly recommend Hannah's team does a superb job. They do all my marketing for me. I was out there trying to create content myself, which just don't have the time to do. And they've been just knocking out of the park. So please reach out to Hannah and her team. Oh, I appreciate that, Matt. Thank you. No problem. No problem. <laughs> Each person's financial plan is different. To take your financial assessment with Matt, go to highliftfinancial.com and click Let's Talk. Thank you for joining us this week on the Virtual U.S. Financial Advisor Podcast. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or via RSS so you'll never miss an episode. We'd love rating on iTunes or better yet, 
tell a friend about the show, which will help us grow as well. If you want to learn from any of our financial advisors, head over to our website, virtualusfinancialadvisor.com to learn more about each financial advisor and connect with them personally. Be sure to tune in next week to get more advice from the expert financial advisors. See you on the next episode.